All right, folks, welcome back. We had kind of a, a weak conference to talk about last week with the Big 12, but we're moving out west. We're talking Pac-12. Overall, just after a quick review of all teams, exciting conference, really excited to talk through them. BCB, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12? Yeah, it's a little bit of a melancholy year for the Pac-12, in my opinion, because I've, I've loved West Coast football, you know, as a little kid. Uh, well, I was probably like middle school, but, you know, kind of cut my teeth watching the USC Trojans um, with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and those guys, and then, you know, staying up late on Saturdays to watch those games. Unfortunately, now we're going to have USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, kind of moving away from some of the regionality of, of college football. But I'm excited for this Big 12 or for this uh, Pac-12 season. I think it's going to be a really good, really good year. I think the Pac-12 is the second best conference uh, top to bottom outside of the SEC. So I think it's going to be going to be a really, really competitive year in the Pac-12. BCB hit on it, staying up late. Both BCB and Larry are East Coasters. So, Larry, you're going to be staying up for some Pac-12 football? Uh, absolutely. I'm going to enjoy every second of it. It's going to be real weird next year when um, I think BCB alluded to it, but UCLA and USC are playing noon games in the East Coast. Uh, that's going to be real weird. So, I guess it's one last hurrah for the Pac-12 as we know it. Uh, both of those teams will be gone after this year. I do think there are about six teams that could compete for the Pac-12 title this year. Uh, so that will be fun. Yeah, I mean, every every college football fan's dream is watching USC travel out to East Rutherford and playing Rutgers in the middle of December. So really looking forward to it. Let's talk some Pac-12. I get no All right, let's kick it off. Uh, I'll start us off here. The odds-on favorite, uh, former Heisman Trophy winner, USC, Caleb Williams, coming back last year, 11-3, and 8-2 in conference play. I did see they got some help on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is good for, you know, where they had, I guess if you could say they struggled last year, where they could use some help. Got Georgia's defensive line, Bear Alexander, front runner for name of the year in the FBS, uh, a linebacker from Oklahoma State. Uh, they are doing the running back by committee. They have their five-star tight end, Deuce Robinson. I feel is going to have a great year with Caleb throwing him the ball. One big thing I noticed from them last year, they led the country in turnover margin plus 22. So can you continue that as some of those, you know, tip ball interception or, you know, running backs just not hold on to the ball tight enough? Are folks going to be able to play them tighter? I think that'll be a big thing. But I'll just finish up with here. The defense was the eighth worst in the FBS in yards per play last year, 94th in scoring D. So I really feel those transfers in the portal are going to help out. Lastly, they'll end the year with UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Notre Dame. Never fun for anybody. So let's see if they get the hot start and can roll that momentum. Larry, what do you, um, how you like in USC this year? Uh, love Lincoln Riley. Love Caleb Williams, the defending Heisman winner. They got a running back transfer from South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd, who looks to be their lead running back. They do have a stable of three other backs behind them. Like you said, the tight end, Deuce Robinson, he's 6'6", 
He is very dynamic, very versatile. And they got their new number one wide receiver is Dorian Singer, who is a transfer from Arizona. Um, the biggest concerns are they added three offensive line starters from the portal. This team is just being filled with portal players all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think the O-line will be fine. Caleb Williams will he'll extend the pocket. The O-line will figure it out. Uh, very concerned about them defensively. You alluded to it. I mean, they allowed 6.5 yards per play, which was the eighth worst in college football last year. And they allowed 29.2 points per game. Again, they hammered the transfer portal. They're filling many holes on defense with transfers. Um, but in order for them to be successful and win, Caleb Williams has to stay healthy and they must improve on their defense and get some stops because they finished their year 0-2 uh, last year, losing to Utah in the Pac-12 title game and then getting beat by Tulane in their bowl game. BCB hit us up with some USC facts. Yeah, so you guys touched on a lot of what I really like here. So last year, uh, you know, going in with USC, the, they had talent, right? But we didn't know how deep they were. I think they've really kind of solved the depth issue this year. Uh, last year is probably maybe a little bit of a year early for them. Uh, they lost three games last year, essentially Utah twice, and then they lost uh, to Tulane in a bowl game where they were missing about 25 kids and Caleb Williams played at 70%. So... <laughs> I really like their chances here this year. Um, they do have five road games, I think. And like you said, the, to end the season, they got to go to no, they got to go to Notre Dame in the middle of October. Then they have a late road game uh, against Oregon, but they get Washington and UCLA at home. Um, unfortunately with college football, you'll kind of see it. Uh, they kids, you know, you kind of get beat up playing some teams like that um, week to week to week. So we'll see. Uh, it, it looks like though, they're a pretty safe bet. If they can get over the Utah hump this year, um, they have them late as well. But I think I think this team's primed to make a run for the college football playoff, or they'll at least be in a position to it through nine games. So they're going to have to close it out down the stretch. But uh, Caleb Williams, undoubted number one pick next year, I think. Yep. Um, the most talented player in college football, probably the most talented that we've had in some time. Mm -hmm. uh, also, too, you – uh, Larry touched on it, but I think Marshawn Lloyd's going to be a huge X factor for him. If you love offensive football, stay up late because USC is going to be a fun team to watch on offense. Also, the first couple weeks they play San Jose State, Nevada, so it should be some some opportunities for some fireworks. And uh, yeah, I think that they're you know this maybe this is the year that Lincoln Riley kind of gets the the monkey off of his back, gets a team to the college football playoff, and they make some noise. Love it. Speaking of high octane offenses, Larry, tell us what you think about the Oregon Ducks, unless you have something more to add for USC. One last thing on USC. I saw that their mo they have a motto going into the year that's jobs not finished is their motto for 2023. It's one of my biggest pet peeves is having mottos and putting them on jerseys and t-shirts. Uh, my beloved Boston Celtics did unfinished business. <laughs> and they didn't go back to the finals. It's it's a marketing scheme, and I hate it. So yep, couldn't agree more. Wants me, root, wants me to root against them. That jobs not finished is their motto going into twenty twenty three, because I guess they 
Thought they should have won the Pac-12 last year, but they didn't. They lost to Utah twice. Trash. Larry, his up Oregon, yeah. Oregon, oh, these what are we doing with these rankings? Um, love Bo Nix. Uh, it's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna have as much success as he had last year. They have lots of portal tra- transfers filling the offense. They have four new offensive lines starting, which if there's pressure on Bo Nix. We've seen what he does in Auburn. Scary. Um, the defense will be very much improved. Um, I mean, they were in the hunt for the Pac-12 title game before Bonix got hurt. And I think it was either the last game or last two games of the season. Um, but they also got stomped by Georgia like 60 to 5 week one. But Dan Lanning did figure it out, so... Second year, expect the defense to be much better. Not exactly sure what to expect from their offense. Um, I believe they have two running backs coming back that um, are talented, but uh, all of their receivers are transfers. Yep. Okay. Uh, BCB, uh, plus 275 Oregon. You like them? Uh, you know, I'm a little bit out on them. I, I don't think it's impossible that they could win it. Um, I'm just in terms of, you know, kind of taking a short price. I usually look for a little more value in the conference championship futures. So yep. uh, coming in, I will say this, they kind of get the success they had last season kind of flew under the radar because week one, that national, they had the national televised game against Georgia, just got boat raced. It was over uh, after the second series. But then they really kind of just blew people out the rest of the year for the most part, Um, had two losses, lost by three points late in the season to Washington, and then lost by four points at Oregon State in the last game of the year. So they quietly kind of had a good season. Um, Bo Nix, I think, you've seen talk of him being a first-round draft pick next year. That blows my mind. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, we'll see. Can he take – I guess he didn't even have to take a step forward at this point. Um, just needs to to kind of maintain the level he was at. Offensive coordinator left. So their offensive coordinator from last year is now the head coach at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is replaced by Will Stein, who comes in from UTSA. So UTSA is a big offensive team the last couple of years. We'll see what they can do here. Um, I think Treshawn Holden was a big ad for him out of the portal. I know his his status may still be a little up in the air. Um, at one point he was dismissed from the team. I don't know what's happened there. He got in trouble at Oregon, like his second day for a gun charge. So uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think they're going to be better on defense this year. Last year, they couldn't really get to the quarterback. They only averaged about one sack a game. So they're going to have to up that if they're going to win in the conference. Um, they did get Tysheen Johnson out of the transfer portal. Who's going to be a nice add to their secondary former Ole Miss player there. I was sad to see him go, but he got in after the defensive coordinator changed. So I do think Oregon will be tough. Uh, Probably not betting on them to win the conference just based on odds. Yeah, the only thing I guess I'll add to that is, you know, this conference has, you know, while I love the conference, it has two of my most hated quarterbacks, uh, Bo Nix and DJ Ugalele, who we'll touch on here later in in the talk. But only other thing I'll add, I think you both had some great points there. One of my favorite transfers they got uh, Justin Jacobs, linebacker from Iowa. I can tell you for the past two years, been an absolute stud on the front seven for Iowa, playmaker to say the least. So 
always like to add at least a little bit something positive. I'm not high on Oregon, but we'll see how they do. Uh, moving right along, though, BCB, we'll let you start us off on the Washington Huskies. All right, so I'm going to say something that I never thought I would ever say, and that's that Michael Penix is a bona fide Heisman contender. Uh, he had a very, very interesting into his IU career, showed up to media day a couple of years ago with the chain on that said he was the GOAT. Uh, to quit the team by about week four, week five. <laughs> After having a 56 percentage completion rate, I kind of thought that was the end of it for him. He goes to Washington, wins a quarterback battle last year. Yeah. Uh, now, now Kalen DeBoer comes in, and uh, they've, they've really kind of turned around in Washington. They've skyrocketed. I really like their chances to win the conference this year. They may have the best wide receivers in the country. Yep. Um, that wide receiver group, like I said, Penix has taken the step forward. Just an absolutely absurd stat. Kalen DeBoer at all levels of college football is 90 and 11 as a head coach. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the, the arrow is definitely pointed up for the Washington Huskies. I don't think their schedule was terribly difficult either. I thought it kind of gave them uh, their schedule gives them more room for error than some of the other teams. Right. A little bit concerned uh, in the one or the one aspect I'm a little bit concerned about. They only return two starters on the offensive line. You know me. I like the teams to be solid up front. Yep. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I, they, they have an easy schedule to kind of start. They get Boise State at home, which I don't think they'll have a problem with them. Uh, Tulsa, they go to Michigan State and then they get Cal at home. So they, they get about four games to kind of figure it out. Uh, before the season really kicks up, but I, I do like the Washington Huskies this year. Yeah, I Penix was always a favorite of mine in, at uh, Indiana. Loved what he had to do there at the beginning. Obviously, the drop off in that second year, so really came back the the next year. I do like their edge Trice, uh, great pass rusher. Really puts pressure on the quarterback. Uh, the only other thing I'll add, because I think you hit on a lot of great points. Oh, they have Rome, their number one wide receiver. I think a future first round draft pick coming up as well. Second best offensive production in FBS last year. That's always a positive. But what I've come to see in the Pac-12 is there are a lot of pass-heavy pass heavy offenses. I didn't see a lot of like great running backs or great running teams that are at the top of the list here. Uh, they were 100th against the path, pass last year. So that being said, I mean, if you play in the Pac-12, especially in today's day and age, which, again, I never thought I'd say, but this is turning in kind of the old Big 12 throw the ball, throw it deep, pass happy. So you got to defend the pass if you're going to make a run at it. Larry, what do you have to add there? Uh, agree with all the points. Yeah, I mean, the offense averaged 29.7 points per game. Uh, Penix gets 2,000-yard receivers back in Rome with Dudza and Jake McMillan. Um, the offensive line, BCB mentioned it. The offensive line, it's returning both tackles. They have to refill the interior, um, which it's, it's not an easier thing to do, but you it's you can get some good guards and uh, a good center in there. Um, agree with Bubs's point. Um, bet they have the best pass rusher in the country from last year, Braylon Trice. I also agree with Bubs. The secondary was very weak last year and must improve. But overall, I love this Huskies team. Love That's them. Good. One yeah. of my favorite teams. Oh, go ahead, please. I would say, yeah, one, one thing I'll add, too. Uh, the offensive coordinator at Washington, Ryan Grubb, he actually turned down the Alabama job to stay here for another year. So 
Okay. He was offered the Alabama OC job, stayed here. Now Alabama has Tommy Reese. Uh, well, that's something we'll touch on at a later time. But I thought that's an interesting footnote. Okay, okay, I love it. One of my favorite teams from last year, the team I rode, uh, Utah. So I'll kick us off here. 14 stars return. One of my favorite quarterbacks and one of my Heisman hopefuls that I had last year. Might put him in the bracket this year. Cam Rising at quarterback. One of the best tight ends in the nation. Brant Cooth, Keith, I can't even say his last name. Um, other than that, solid defensive line on the defensive side of the ball. They lost their uh, free safety to the portal. He actually just left uh, not too long ago, before, uh, right before spring ball started up. Uh, they do travel to Oregon State, USC, and Washington. That's a little tough for me. Uh, otherwise, I think they're a solid team. I think, you know, again, I love the returning production. Larry, do, do we have a shot this year? Uh, I think they do. I, it does. It does. They are back-to-back -back champs. I think Cam Riser's health is the main question. From what I'm reading, he won't be ready to go week one. We're going to see Brandon Rose. Versus Florida, the best thing for Utah and Kyle Whittingham is that game is in Utah. They went to Florida last year and beat Florida. Florida's a disaster. Billy Napier, probably not the guy. Um, so luckily, I, I don't think Cam Riser will be ready for week one. So Brandon Rose will most likely be the starter week one against Florida. Florida's a disaster. Utah, one of the hardest places in the country to go and win a game. Yep. Whittingham will have his guys fired up for that. Um, I also love their running back, uh, Jake Quinda Jackson. He had a excellent end of the year last year. He's yep. a converted quarterback that just shined, shined the last three games of the season. Um, and their defense will be solid. Um Whittingham is probably still the best coach in this conference, hands down. Okay, hot take, BCB. Yeah, I don't think uh, Whittingham gets enough love for being one of the best coaches in college football. Like, you, you just go through here and you look at Utah's past few, you know, their, their win records the last few years. They're 9, 10 wins, you know, pretty consistently every single year. Uh, one thing I like about them, too, I think that it, it makes it a tough matchup. They play just a completely different style of football from every, every other team in the conference. So it, I think it makes it a, a harder matchup when you're used to kind of seeing the spread out offenses yeah. um, and defending the pass. And then all of a sudden you've got to come and play against a team that's really big, really good up front, yep. play smash mouth football. Uh, they've got uh, Jay Quinton Jackson back as a running back. And then they also went and added Micah Bernard, who's a running back I like at Baylor. Uh, so they've, they've got a solid backfield, like you said, Without Cam rising, their ceiling really, really falls, I think. Uh, the Rose kid wasn't very good when he was put into action last year. I believe it was him that had to play against Penn State in the bowl game. Yep. Um, and it just fell apart completely. Uh, I think, you know, Utah also kind of quietly became tight end U. Like you said, they've got another tight end, an Australian kid, uh, Brant Cooth. So, going to be good there again. Uh, Whittingham, actually, in an interview in the offseason, I saw he said this is the best offensive line he's ever had. So you get two, two solid running backs behind, you know, a guy that's had great offensive lines, it seems like, every year for two decades now. So uh, nine starters back on D. The only thing that kind of concerns me, even if Cam Rising misses the first two games because they have to go to Baylor week two. So you get Florida at home, Baylor week two. 
but from a conference standpoint, if you start 0-2, all your goals are still intact. You can still easily make the conference title game. But, um, yeah, the, the schedule's not very favorable. they got to play at USC, at Washington, at Oregon State, and then you've got the road game at Baylor. So, yep. uh, that, that's kind of a – I think that's as tough as a road schedule as anybody in this conference has this year. For sure. Let's move it along here. Larry, we're going to hop up north again and talk a little bit about the Beavers at Oregon State. They have a quarterback competition going into camp between Bubs' favorite quarterback, <laughs> DJ Hugo Lally. <laughs> uh, he's looking to unseat Brian Gilbranson. Um, they did win 10 games last year. I think they'll be pretty competitive this year. Uh, they have four of their five offensive linemen coming back. I still just don't know what type of player DJU is. I have no fucking clue if he's good at football. I mean, this is definitely closer to home for him. And they have a good – I mean, he's going to play – I guess not a, it's not an easier schedule than Clemson at all. So <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I've seen them in conversations of having a chance at the PAC 12 title. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. I do think they will be competitive. They beat Oregon last year, but it was also the first time since 2006 that the Beavers had a 10 win season. So a lot of question marks, um, not putting any money on them. Got it. BCB. So I actually think they have a solid, very solid chance of sneaking into the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly here, I'll kind of give my rationale, but number one, um, the schedule. So they don't have to play USC, so that's big. And then they get Utah, UCLA, and Washington all at home. So uh, they do – and the, the last game of the season, they play at Oregon on a Friday night big rivalry game always a, a huge game I know at one point it was called the Civil War I'm not sure if it's that anymore I all the rivalry names have gotten changed on me so yeah. uh not not sure what it's called but uh anyway I so yeah you've got that the schedule is very favorable uh I'll tell you what DJU is so I think he's I think he's a good college quarterback I think in uh, to steal a baseball term he's a change of scenery candidate I think it got a little stale at Clemson. Obviously, they fired the offensive coordinator, so he wasn't the only problem. Yeah. So <laughs> they changed they changed offensive coordinators, went out and got a really good offensive coordinator from TCU. So it's not like they promoted someone else on the staff. They identified an issue, fixed it. I also think the fan base kind of soured on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'd heard that he had had some family issues and stuff off the field. So when you're on the other side of the country, you know, who knows? I'm excited to see what he can do. If he's just an above-average quarterback, and college football, then he's way better than anyone they've rolled out there the last few years under Jonathan Smith. So got a, got a huge opportunity. Um, also, too, their, their, wider, or their running backs are very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the, the conference, uh, the freshman offensive player of the year from last year returns at running back. Yep. A kid by the name Damian Martinez. Uh, that's a weapon for him. Uh, up front, they do have 109 uh, career starts. And they're actually on the Joe Moore Award shortlist for having the best offensive line. So I think all arrows are pointing up. Um, Like I said, easy schedule. I think they could easily win nine or 10 games, find themselves in the conference title game in Vegas. 
I think you both made great points. I think they they are they have a shot because of the product of the schedule. That end of the year game at Oregon is going to be fucking fire. I think that's going to have a lot of implications. Uh, outside of you know the great points you both made, they led the Pac-12 in defense last year. Uh, they do lose two cornerbacks and their top tackler. I think they can recover from that. Obviously, I think their defense as a whole, as a product, will be just as good, if not better, than last year. So. Overall, solid team. Excited to watch them. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump back down south, BCB. We're going to hit up those Bruins, my favorite team colors in the FBS. So for uh, what feels like the first time in a decade, uh, we're not going to have – we are not going to have Dorian Thompson-Robinson no. under, <laughs> under, uh, under center for UCLA. But, uh, you know, it took about – what four or five years, but Chip Kelly finally got it turned around here. It looks like they're solid. I think, I think they're a good, not great football team this year. Um, still kind of a question mark at quarterback. They're either going to start a Dante Moore, a highly talented freshman kid that was ranked in the top five uh, for quarterbacks coming in or a kid named Colin Schley who transfers in from Kent state. I thought he was one of the most under over or sorry, one of the most overrated players in G five the last few years. I thought Colin Schley was terrible. Uh, Kent State and was kind of a product. His production was a product of the offense. Um, on a sad note for me, they stole Carson Steele uh, from Ball State to come in and be the running back here. So um, I expect him to, to be – they also have a transfer from Army in the backfield as well too. So they picked off some, some of the smaller school kids here. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, everybody kind of runs the same system that Chip Kelly pioneered. So everybody's got that offense now. So I'm not sure the competitive advantage is there. I don't expect them to be in the conference title game, but I do expect them to, to make some noise, win some games. I think seven, eight wins is, is a good year for them this year. Larry, any hope for the Bruins? Oh, uh, no. Lock it in. Coastal Carolina beats them week one <laughs> at the Rose Bowl. Um, if you don't like them outright win, take the 16. Uh, Grayson McCall brings the Chanticleers and beats the shit out of Chip Kelly week one. Okay. Only extra things I'll add is offensive line might be a problem. I know they went to the portal to get a lot of help there. They do have a new defensive coordinator last year. So last year, one of the interesting uh, stats that I saw about them is they had a bend-not-break mentality on defense. They were one of the best teams of the year, and they didn't give up, I think, barely any yards or plays of 50 yards plus, but they gave up the most 10-plus yards per play uh, in games on defense. So, again, Ben, don't break defense. They got they got to shore that up somehow. Carson Steele, like you mentioned, BCB, led the Mac in rushing last year. I thought that was amazing. The defense, back to the defense side of ball, they bring back eight. They gave up 29 points per game last year. Obviously going to have to fix that if they want a shot. Currently at plus 1,200, but we'll see how it goes. Larry, we're, gonna, we're going up and down here. We're going back north. We're switching it up to Washington State. Any thoughts, Larry? <laughs> no, no, not much. Not many thoughts on uh, Washington State. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, Cam Ward is a very good quarterback, um, but I don't expect them to be in the hunt here at all. Yeah, one of my least favorite teams this year in the Pac-12, Washington State. As you mentioned, Cameron Ward's back at QB. They have a very shaky offensive line, brand new wide receivers. 
their QB, Cameron Ward, can't throw a deep ball if his life depended on it, but he can scramble. He can use his legs a little bit. So I always like that aspect from a college quarterback. They lose their top four wide receivers. Their QB, Cam Ward, was sacked 46 times last year. That's a high for the Pac-12. They bring in brand-new offensive defensive coordinators, not high on Washington State, don't really see much out of them. Anything to add here, BCB? So to touch on the Cam Ward, he's a kid that came in with a lot of hype. He had kind of torched the FCS level, but if you went and watched the tape, it wasn't as impressive as the numbers look. Okay. Uh, we were kind of watching it, and, and it was in. And he was kind of meh last year. Uh, speaking of his downfield throws, apparently he said he wants to he wants to air it out more this year. So <laughs> nice, we'll nice. All right. Uh, they uh, they did go add Kyle Williams, who was one of my favorites from that UNLV team that we rode early in the season last year. He was our number one wide receiver. Uh, so all my G five guys get picked off now. It's it's hard for me to, to keep the knowledge from one year to the next. It's like minor leagues to the major leagues here with the portal. Uh, I don't know if they win like six games, that'll be, that'll be uh, a solid season. In my opinion, I'm uh, I'm honestly more interested in the the little lawsuit that they have going on with the coach who claims he was fired against his religious beliefs over the vaccine than I am anything this team's going to do on the field. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I don't think any of us are too high plus 2,500. We'll see what they do. Now on to probably one of the most interesting teams, not in just the pac 12, but all of college football, the Colorado Buffaloes. This team reminds me of Fred Hoiberg's Iowa State basketball team, the Cyclones. He would just bring in transfers from anywhere just to build up a roster and put something together. Obviously, Dion has to do something. They went 1-11 last year. They have Travis Hunter, the wide receiver, defensive back, one of the top recruits in the country. I think it was like two years ago. He has his, is it his son or is it his nephew, Shadir Sanders? It's his son. It's his son. Yeah. So quarterback obviously killed it uh, at the HBCU. Uh, new offensive coordinator, the former head coach at Kent State. But again, it's a completely new team. Um, I will say they have a new defensive coordinator as well, which again, not only just bringing in new players, but new coordinators, new head coach. He's the old co-defensive coordinator at Bama. So that's, that's saying something. I mean, if you're bringing in players or uh, people like that to help navigate the defense, you know, it's only going to help. I honestly don't know what to expect to this team. I don't see them winning the Pac-12 or being in the championship game, a little early preview. But, um, Larry, what do you uh, what are you thinking here? It's so hard to tell. I mean, he took the best players from Jackson State. One of his son – um one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS the last two seasons uh so it's a huge upgrade for Buffalo uh I mean Travis Hunter was the highest highest rated recruit two years ago I believe um and he was recruited as a wide receiver cornerback um they do have three returning starters on the offensive line but they also added six transfers who are also starters from lower levels so like it's gonna be an approved product I mean it's gonna be awesome to watch Dion on the sideline hopefully he has all of his toes I don't think he does anymore um but yeah no I'm excited um and it, it sounds like him and Sean Lewis the new offensive coordinator former Kansas State 
head coach just hit it off right away this summer. Yep. So I I mean Sanders um will be ready to go with that high tempo offense and they're gonna have a lot of weapons. So I can see this team getting better as the year goes on. Um and they're gonna play upset in the Pac twelve to uh some yeah. of the teams we just talked about, which is gonna be awesome to see. For sure. BCB, do you give us want to give us a read on them? Yeah, so I think this is probably one of the most fascinating teams in all of college football. Um, also, too, I'll just put it this way. If you hate the Deion Sanders hire and you're a Deion Sanders hater, you can get fucked because this was actually – you can make the case this is one of the greatest hires they could have made because no one gave a shit about Colorado football. <laughs> now they went, from, they went from being an afterthought. They went from being the worst team bar none in Power 5 last year, an absolute abomination of a football team, to their landing, you know, highly talented kids have multiple NFL guys on the roster. And also, Dion's doing the coaching with a little bit of toughness, which everybody seems to say that coaches lack nowadays, where he's kind of being hard on the kids, holding them accountable. The kids are getting paid. I don't feel sorry for him. At the very least, this, this hire works because you made your program interesting. Like, yeah. if you're going to be bad, be interesting. And Colorado's done that. They went unconventional, went outside the box, got Dion Sanders, you know, Results TBD. Um, I think the funniest scenario, and it might be the most likely, is that Dion's kid might just not really be any good at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, coming out, he was a highly rated recruit, but he only had like three offers, uh, and they were like they were like small P five schools. And then a couple years ago, they played Louisiana Monroe in a season when Louisiana Monroe was one of the worst teams in D one, and they lost thirteen to seven. And he threw he didn't even throw for two hundred yards in the game. So. There's a there's a very good chance Deion's in, in a tough spot here where his kid could be the reason they're losing games. This actually happened to Colorado before with Cody and Dan Hawkins when they brought him in from Boise State. He hired his own kid. As, he brought his own kid in as a quarterback. It went down in flames. So uh, uh, if you look at their depth chart, they really don't have anything behind Shador Sanders. They have like a couple freshman kids. So it's, uh, they're definitely all in with the coach's kid. So I'm here for that. Tough schedule. They could win four games, and they would be the most improved team uh, in the country probably. They, This is how bad that football team was last year. They were a double-digit underdog in every single game they played, and they only covered two games. So <laughs> they were getting 30 points in every game by the end of the season, and they weren't even sniffing covering. So no, I, I think to both your guys' points, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Shador does at quarterback. And then to Larry's point, I think it might be fun to like sneak in a couple money line dog picks with them, you know, just if they can put it together with some of their talent, but can they keep it together? We'll see. Um, you know, what's going to happen with this team is they're going to get like blown out like three weeks in a row and everybody's going to be off of them. And then it's just going to come together on like a random night game. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And they're oh, going to, yeah. they're, they're going to like ruin like UCLA season off the bye or like Oregon State <laughs> or somebody late in the year. And people are going to be pissed about it that have been gambling on them all year. It's going to yep. be glorious. I love it. I love it. BCB, why don't you kick us off? We're going to head back south again and let's talk some Arizona Wildcats. All right, so this is a program uh, that I really like as well. We got Jed Fish in his third year, former assistant for the New England Patriots. I think they've been building this thing up. Um, obviously, we talk about have and have nots. Arizona's probably on the wrong end of that equation when it comes to college football. 
probably don't have the, the same resources, um, but they've been developing Jaden Deloria uh, quarterback. I think he's good enough to win you some games here in this conference. Uh, they got Jacob Cowan, who I was surprised came back. I thought he would have been in the NFL draft. He was an honorable mention uh, All-American transferred in from UTEP. I think very highly of that kid. Uh, I think he'll be good for him as well, too. They did add the number one wide receiver from Colorado last year, uh, Montana, uh, Luminous Craig. So I think they're in year two of the offense here. They'll take a step forward. Uh, second year, the defensive coordinator as well, too. So I think that uh, the, the defense is really my concern with them. I think they're going to be fun on offense. Mm -hmm. uh, I was high on them last year. They went five and seven, beat the win total. I think that they'll be around six, seven wins this year. I don't think they're sneaking into the conference title game. They play Mississippi State week two. I'll be rooting for them then. Uh, but I, uh, I, think, I think this is going to be a, a quality, but not a, a great football team. Okay. Larry, uh, how you liking the Wildcats? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Uh, their schedule's extremely hard. Uh, they should win – Probably three. They should go three and one to start the year. Um, I think they're going to get smoked at Starkville. Shout out Brandon Walker. Um, but they should beat NIU, UTEP, and then they should open with a win against Stanford. Um, I mean, reading here, Jeb Fish said his two goals are to sell out six home games and play in a bowl game. So if that's all your head coach wants, um, yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add to that is their quarterback's great. I mean, he's above average. He threw for 3,700 yards last year, 25 TDs. Uh, they do have a great wide receiver court there down in Arizona. That, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Larry, they lost Dorian Singer to USC, one of their best wide receivers. Last stat I'll end with is their defense in the past four years has ranked 126, 102nd, 121, and 118th in the FBS. And this year, they just so happen to lose their five leading tacklers. That'll be fun to see. I'd see you bet a lot of overs with this team, see what they can do with it. Uh, but we'll move it right along here. We got just three teams left. Larry, one of your favorite teams that you've been ranting and raving about. Let's talk about Cal. I was getting ready for Arizona State. Well, let's yeah. talk Arizona. No, let's talk Arizona State. What do you got for Arizona State? Uh, so uh, they had a staggering 33 Division One athletes hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure the first-year head coach, Kyle Dillingham, I think his was like, come to Tempe and party. Um You'll have fun. I think they'll be better than last year just because I hate um, – remind me of the quarterback's name. I hate his guts. Jaden Daniels? No, no. Emory uh, Jones. Emory Jones. Emory Jones. Hate him. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a total rebuild. First-year head coach. They basically got more players in the portal than they got returning. Um, so, I mean – Shout out to Kenny Dillingham, uh, Arizona State alum. Uh, he's recruiting his ass off to get 33 Division I transfers is crazy, especially yeah. to an Arizona State program. Um, I, and I, I hate Drew Pine. I think he's terrible. He yep. did go beaten too. 
in his freshman year at Notre Dame. I don't think that's because of him. I, Notre Dame's offense was terrible last year. Um, I think I think there's still a quarterback battle going on right now. I would assume Pine will be the guy week one. Um, but I I might hate him. No, not as much as Emery. No, no. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, there is a quarterback battle. Drew Pine, Trenton Borgett, and the freshman, Jaden Rashada, our resident uh, Arizona State fan in the bookie's basement, BB, uh, he did let me know that it's actually down to Drew Pine and Trenton Burgett. So maybe next year for the freshmen. Uh, they do have a good wide receiver in Elijah Badger and their tight end, Jalen Conyers. Uh, one thing that's going to hurt them on the offensive side of the ball, they lost a second lead in Russia in the Pac-12 last year, a guy by the name of Valaday. Uh, as you mentioned, Larry, defense is full of transfers. The one thing I do like about them that could give them hope, they have eight go- home games this year and four to start the year. If you can build momentum in college football, build a little bit of a winning streak. And if you look at what they have, an Oklahoma State team, not that good. Fresno State, we'll see. The fourth game is home to USC, so that'll be fun. But having those home games, I think, is really going to build momentum. Uh, BCB, I know uh, you said you might have liked a little bit Arizona State. What do you think? Yeah, so so we got Kenny Dillingham. First year here as a head coach, he's the youngest head coach uh, in in college in FBS football right now. Thirty two years old. Uh, his track record: he had worked with Bo Nix last year as the offensive coordinator at Oregon, and then was also offensive coordinator at Auburn in nineteen. And then between there, uh, he had been at Florida State with Jordan Travis. So got a good track record of developing quarterbacks. Uh, they have, at the very least, a very experienced uh, quarterback room between Drew Pine, who started and played a lot of football. And then you've got uh, Trenton Borgay, who actually had a 71% completion percentage last year. So the cupboard's not completely bare. I don't think, you know, either of those guys are people were going to say those are some of the best quarterbacks in the conference. But really in college football, you just got to be good enough sometimes. Uh, Jaden Rashada comes in after getting $0 out of the $10 million if he was apparently offered at Florida uh, with that whole fiasco. So We'll see how it shapes up here. Apparently, he's a very talented kid. Uh, maybe they have, you know, something there to work with and develop. They did add a kid at running back by the name of Cameron Scadabo, who comes in from Sacramento State. He had almost 1,300 rushing yards for Sac State last year in FCS. So they do uh, they do replace Xavier, uh, Xavier Valade in that way as well. Uh, offensive line, they're really good up front, have 151 career starts. So I expect them to be fine on the offensive line. And then uh, Phil Steele actually rates the secondary is the best secondary in the Pac-12. So yeah. they, they get a favorable schedule. Uh, they look like, you know, they might be solid against the pass here. We'll see what happens with Kenny Dillingham. You know, uh, maybe we'll you get – sometimes these young coaches come in, kind of turn it around. I think with the portal, it's a two-way street, right? Like. Sometimes there is there is addition and subtraction by getting some kids out of the locker room that, that don't want to be there or um, that, that aren't bought in. So, yeah, we'll see. Like you said, they get the first three games at home, Southern Utah, Oklahoma State, Fresno State, all very winnable. Yep. If they go in and even – I don't even think beat USC. If you can just play a moral victory uh, to USC, that could be – you could get some buy-in early. The win totals five. You can take the over and get plus money on it. Yeah, I think I think you can get to five win totals on the schedule pretty easy. The second half after their buy, they, the buy is almost dead center in the middle of the schedule. 
second half of the season is really tough. But if you go in only needing one win to push or, or uh, beat the total, a plus money, I think that's a good bet. It's going to be one of my biggest win total bets this year. Love it. All right, let's finish it up with uh, – oh, actually, we have two teams left. Sorry. I'll go with Cal, start us off. Don't really have much on them. They got a new quarterback, Jackson the fifth, uh, new offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, Jackson the fifth was a third string at TCU, so I thought that was kind of interesting and to see what he can do. He's a kid out of suburban Chicago. Seemed to have a lot of hype coming out of high school, so we'll see what he can put together at Cal. Uh, the defense, they allowed over 27 points per game. The one bright spot, I guess, for last year for Cal, they lost five times by seven or fewer points. That's always the big stat I like to keep in mind, one possession games. If you know you have a good head coach that can turn the momentum around or take advantage of those mishaps, you know, you could win a couple of those five games that, you know, you lost by a touchdown or less. So not really much to add on Cal, BCB, uh, anything extra? Yeah, so the team's not very good. Uh, they have a really difficult <laughs> schedule. Uh, they have two. They have two quarterbacks. Uh, one, like you said, the Sam Jackson kid. He's listed at five eleven. He's thrown six pass attempts in two years at TCU. It'll either be him or a kid named Ben Finley, who's a little bit bigger, six foot three. Uh, but he comes in uh, at seven hundred and forty passing yards and a fifty three percent completion percentage at NC State since he's been there. So the options don't look great. Uh, it's definitely a step down from them having Jack Plummer last year who I thought was a good quarterback. I just didn't really have any talent around him. Uh, apparently, Justin Wilcox is a good coach. I know he's got a good contract um, there at Cal. Interesting, though, like we said, the team's not any good. It's not a team you're going to want to bet. But yeah. here, as a home dog, since Wilcox has been there in his seven years, they're 10-4 and four against the spread as a home dog and 16-6 and six as an away dog. So <laughs> this is a team. This is a team that, uh, you know, if you're getting some points against them, as long as they're not in a spot of being a favorite, okay. you, you might the, they might overperform a little bit. They do have eight starters back on offense and nine on defense, so the kids that weren't very good got another year of development. So maybe they'll be almost average now. Joe, BCB or excuse me, Larry, wrap us up here with Cal. Uh yeah, real tough schedule. Their non-conference home game is Auburn at home. And then they have to go on Pac-12 uh, road test at Washington, at Utah, at Oregon, at Stanford, and at UCLA. Um, but I mean, I, I yeah, like Bob said, I mean, it's impressive that they they went four and eight last season, and they lost five of the, five of those games by seven or fewer points. So. Uh, I, it's, I mean, it's a team to look at. You get, you get over a touchdown, and you might have to uh, take Cal. Sir. And then let's wrap up the Pac-12 here. Then we'll get to our picks. BCB, I think you know we took a long shot flyer, which isn't never a terrible idea. But you know Stanford. Uh, let's talk about him. A lot of interesting facts. David Shaw's out. What what do you what are you seeing in him? Yeah, we don't like him as much this year as we did last year. Uh, we. We liked them last year. They put 41 up on Colgate week one. Actually played really well against USC week two. Only lost 41-28. Yeah, yeah. Turned, the, turned the ball over like five times. So I'm like, hey, uh, you know, we, maybe we got a shot here. They just went toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with the Giant. And uh, then, then it went to hell. Then it went to hell pretty <laughs> quick. Uh, they got blown out. They somehow went on the road, beat Notre Dame. <laughs> 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 
And then they, they beat Arizona State at home, but they won three games last year. EJ Smith, who was supposed to be a big part of their offense, was injured. He's back this year. Um, it On paper, this Ari Patu kid that they've got at quarterback doesn't look very good, but apparently they think he's really talented. So we'll see. Um, David Shaw's out. He's kind of been an institution there. Maybe a guy who stayed a little too long. He had some some bigger opportunities. Maybe he should have, in hindsight, taken an NFL gig or um, went on to to bigger pastures. But I think he got paid a lot of money for being at Stanford. So uh, definitely a rebuilding year, and they can't really hit the portal like the other teams. And I'm going to imagine they're not really in the NIL game uh, like some other teams. So, um, yeah, I think they're probably still a couple years away it's going to take them a while to get to where they need to be. They're going to struggle to win games in the conference this year. Yeah. If I had to talk bright spots for Stanford, it's tough, but Troy Taylor, the new head coach taking over for David Shaw was a former head coach at Sac state while he was at Sac state, his leading receiver each year was a tight end. And one of their star players that they have along with EJ Smith, as BCB mentioned, is their tight end Eurosec. Really like the kid. I think he's going to get a lot of touches this year. A lot of, a lot of feedback and uh, be a big playmaker for them for as much as that means for a Stanford team that we don't think is going to be that good. Last thing I'll mention on the cons, they only returned five starters. They returned the least production in all of power fives. That's never good. That's always a big factor when I'm looking at teams preseason to see how we're going to project them to go throughout the year. Next to Washington State, I think these teams are probably going to be at the bottom of the barrel. Not real much else to add there. Larry? Finish this up here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to uh, reinterpret Bub, what Bub said. Uh, they went 3-9 and nine last year, and they returned the least production of the entire Power Five. Um, so it's – they're a year away from being a year – probably being two years away from being back. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this because I've touched on the offensive line numbers. So we're talking about all these offensive lines in the conferences that have 100-plus career starts back. Yeah. Stanford has 15. So <laughs> 15 total, not like one kid with 15. So that's not great. And they have zero starts in the secondary. So they've got zero starters back. Yeah, uh, yeah they play Hawaii uh, like on that week zero. They've got a – or no, uh, sorry. Yeah, they've got – yeah, they've got Hawaii early in the season yeah. in the Friday night game. That that might be an over game. That would be a fun game. But then they go to UFC again week two. I don't think they're going to keep it as close as last year. 100% agree. All right, let's finish it up with our picks. Larry, we'll let you start us off. Who do we have in the championship game and our winner? Utah versus Washington. And give me the Huskies to win the Pac-12. BCB. So I'm going to go – we'll go with surprise team here, uh, Oregon State. I think Oregon State will, will sneak it in. And then I'm also going to go – I wanted to go Oregon State-Washington. That might be a little too wild for me. Uh, I'm, if anything bad happens to Caleb Williams, it's Oregon-Washington – or Oregon State-Washington. But other than that, I've got Oregon State-USC, uh, with USC probably taking it all. Well, this is – Anticlimactic. I have Oregon State, USC with USC taking it home. I believe Oregon State, product of the schedule, and I'm always a big believer in defense. I'm a Big Ten believer through and through. 
I hate DJU. So the fact that I'm taking Oregon State to go to the championship game, I think means something. But Caleb Williams just too good. I think he's really going to control it. I think they have a lot of great teams in this conference. As you guys mentioned, Washington, Utah, love Cam Rising. Fuck Oregon and Bo Nix. But uh, yeah, otherwise, folks, that's what we have for Pac-12. Larry, do you have any, you're shaking your head. Do you have any comments you want to add before we wrap this up here? Yeah, you two are crazy for taking Oregon State in the Pac-12 title game. Just crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there. I'll just, well, because now Colorado might be going back to the Big 12. That's been out there this afternoon. But if the Pac-12 has the best season that it's had in like 15 years, and then we get the Pac-12 next year, is that good or bad for the future of college football? The Pac-12, I think, is eventually going to dissolve here yeah. in three, four years, but especially when they see the product they put on the field next year. Unless we can get some Dante Moore from UCLA and Jaden Rashada from Arizona State put up some numbers, or how are you going to get people to watch West Coast football if it's just a poor product on the field? So that's my opinion. All right. Uh, Dion, but... What was that, Larry? Where's Oregon going? Nowhere yet? Nowhere yet. No, but the Ohio State mascot tweeted out, we have some big news with a picture of him in the duck. So, oh, oh. <laughs> so well, it's going to be hilarious if the, the Pac-12 just becomes Big Ten West. And it's like, <laughs> which is, it seems like that's where we're headed. Yep. Um, it's going to be absolutely hilarious when everybody in like three years is either an SEC or Big Big Ten team, but you're just playing the exact same teams that you played. No, that's bad for who? Iowa. They're going to lose to Pac-12 teams. Okay. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap up the podcast again. We have the Big 12 losing Texas, Oklahoma, Pac-12 using losing USC and UCLA. So. You know, this is one of our last years of true conferences. We'll see how it goes. Next episode, we're going to talk ACC. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Bye.